0: You're listening to the Restored Church podcast. We believe that one timely message from God can change a life forever. For more information, you can check us out at facebook.com/irestored forward or online at irestored.org. So we started talking about the local church and how many people see the local church like cruise ships, and when I mean cruise ships is they provide comfort for us. Cruise ships are there to provide comfort for us. There has to be good music, there has to be good child care, there has to be uh, good entertainment, there has to be good coffee, thank you Elena for that, we have that covered, right? Um, There has to be good community, we also have that covered here. And so, and while all these things are important because, well, we want to give God the very best that we can, we want to give Him the very best and we want to make Him, amen, praise God, know that we are thinking of everybody in the church and we're thinking of their comfort to an extent, we, when people come to church only for those things, for those things that are important for them, and when people come to church only to be comfortable, only for the church to cater to them, then those feelings are exasperated so much that we forget about really what the church is here for. Because we're thinking really just about our comfort and to be made comfortable. But we have to also view the church as a battleship, and that's what we've been speaking about. We have to view the church as a battleship. Uh, understanding that we are here on a mission, that we're here on a mission, that we're here on a war, we're here on a battle, and we aren't simply just cruising on the oceans that are set before us, relaxing and chillaxing, all cool, shooting on beball of the school, all right, so we're just not relaxing, right? That We're not just on a cruise ship relaxing. We're actually on a battleship, a battle for this dying world that needs to hear the good news of the gospel, a battle that's waging a war in the spiritual warfare, and when I say spiritual warfare, I'm not talking about the demon-possessed people, you know, and you pre- You see preachers pulling up to them and the microphone, what's your name, how long have you been there, what's your mother's maiden name, what's the last four digits of the social security, that's not the battle that I'm talking about, I'm talking about this battle that has principalities and powers of this dark world that are against us on an everyday basis these battles these forces that are on our mind that are making us try to do things that we shouldn't do that are our strongholds that are holding us back from reaching our full potential that's the battle the spiritual battle that I'm talking about that we are in we're in this battle we're in this war we're in this spiritual warfare for people that are dying daily Without Christ, people that are dying on a day-to-day basis that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ that, we haven't, that we've not encountered day after day and we've never spoken to them about the gospel. Can you think of somebody that you see every single day and you've never told them about the gospel of Christ Jesus? I mean, maybe the, the barista that makes your latte every morning and he knows your name because he puts it on the cup without even asking and he knows already what you're going to order. Have, we, have we, we told them about the gospel? Or maybe people that we bump into in the office. That's, it's a battle. That battle, that stronghold that is holding us back from speaking the gospel, that's the warfare that I'm talking about. That's the warfare that we're trying to let the church know. We're on a battleship bringing down those strongholds in this world and so if you're in this battleship if you're in this battleship here called restore you need to be worried less about your comfort and you need to be worried more about the people that are dying in this world without christ and so that's what this series is about people that are literally ship are making a shipwreck of their faith they're making a shipwreck Of their faith—that's what Paul said when we started this sermon series. There's people that are making a shipwreck of their faith. Say with me: ship happens. So last week, Pastor K mentioned these four types of people that are aboard this battleship, which are, as this chart—this chart wasn't—we didn't come up with this chart. This chart was Will Mancini, and I really suggest if you want to look in deeper to these, this chart, you you pick up that book. And so we spoke about passengers, right? We spoke about crew members. We spoke about also the stowaways, and we spoke about pirates. So these are the four people that are on this battleship that we're gonna speak about. And so Pastor K spoke about stowaways. And if we look at this chart here, we see the L to H on the bottom is engagement, and the L to H on the left-hand side is clarity. And so the stowaways, they're on the lower left quadrant, which means that they have a low clarity, they're on there, and they have a low engagement, low clarity, low engagement. And so when Pastor Kay spoke about that, so here's a quick recap for you to put on your notes in the back of that booklet that we gave out to you. Uh, this is where stowaways find themselves. They're only on the boat, but they really didn't pay for a ticket. They just snuck into the boat. They didn't really pay for the ticket. Um, And because they didn't pay for the ticket, they really don't care where the ship is going. They really don't care about the mission. They really don't care about the vision. They really don't care about engagement. They have no clarity. Remember, they're low clarity and they're low engagement. They don't care because they didn't pay for it. They're easily influenced because, well, they only think about the mission and the vision on Sunday when they're here. And we mention it. That's the only time that they think about that um they're easily impressionable like oh my gosh this is so cool and they travel just th- 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 they're not here they're not here their mind is not here uh and then the other thing about the story is that they don't know enough to make a decision because they don't know the vision and they don't know the mission they're low on clarity and they're low on engagement so as you continue to speak about these different types of people aboard a ship you're gonna identify as one of them you will you're, you're gonna identify as one of them and and i mean you have to you have to identify as one of these passengers. And so, and, and you might say to yourself, dang, man, I, I don't want to be like this guy anymore. Like, you know, I don't want to be a stowaway anymore. You know, and I definitely don't want to be a pirate, right? Like, I, where, where do I want to be? And so, as you identify with one of these passengers or one of these uh, people aboard this ship, um, we, we want you to, to understand that our hope, our hope, the pastor, Uh, the pastors of of the church our hope is to be able to work with you so that you might be able to have the dna of restore so that you might be able to get to be a a person on this ship that you feel comfortable with and that you're able to understand that you're being challenged and you're being challenged to do something for the greater good and also that you might be able to see the inside of the things that you have inside to be able to bring them out to be great in your gift that's that's our hope That you get the DNA of restore, that you become a disciple maker, that you become a leader and someone who is willing to pay the price of leadership and to grow in your walk with Christ. Amen? So today I'm going to speak about the passengers. We're going to speak about passengers. These people aboard a ship based on this chart, what do passengers have? What about clarity? They have high clarity and about engagement, low engagement. So they're up here on this quadrant. Unlike the stowaways that have low clarity, passengers have high clarity, but their engagement is low. Okay? So this is who we're going to talk about. The definition of a passenger, simply out of the Webster's Dictionary, is a passenger is a person who is traveling in an automobile, a bus, a train, an airplane, especially one who is not the driver, the pilot, or the like. Pretty simple. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, easy translation of what a uh, uh, definition of what a passenger is. Pretty straightforward, right? It's just a person who is traveling, but it's not really the driver or the pilot, right? That's it. It's a, somebody who's a passenger. He's not the driver or the pilot. He's on this battleship. So, all right, let's go back to this chart. Unlike stowaways who are low in clarity and low in engagement, the passengers have high clarity and yet they have low engagement in other words what I'm saying is passengers understand the vision because they have high clarity they understand the vision they understand the mission but they're in this ship and they really don't know why they're on this ship because their engagement is really low so they understand the vision they understand the mission because they're high on clarity so that means that they paid for the ticket. Obviously, they won't be there. They paid for this ticket to be on this battleship, so they understand why they're there. If I paid for a ticket. I, I know why I'm here. I, I have to understand why I'm here. They paid for the ticket, so they they want the church to see them. Unlike stowaways that hide in the shadow, remember Pastor K spoke about that last week. Unlike stowaways that hide in the shadows these passengers they want to be seen because they have high clarity and so they, they want you to know that they know the vision and they know the mission but yet their engagement is still low their engagement is low and unlike stowaways who hide in the shadows right these people want to be seen but they don't want to engage more than they have to it's like all right i'm here i'm a passenger i want i want you to understand that i have the clarity of what's going on at restore I want you to understand that I understand the vision, I understand the mission, I understand where the church is going, but I only want to give enough for me not to be considered a stowaway that has low engagement and low clarity. that makes sense? I, I don't want to be a stowaway that has low clarity and low engagement. I want to be able to demonstrate that I know the vision and I know the mission, but I still don't want to understand how engaged i want to be in the church like i like i don't understand how engaged i i truly want to be in the church because i still i'm on the fence so they're like you know what i give the least amount in order to not be a stowaway hiding in the shadows but i'm really not that engaged so let's look at acts chapter 1 verses 12 to 15 but before we go there Let me give you some background of the information that we're going to read. So this was before Jesus ascended into heaven and tells those who are there with him and his last recorded words, which are found here in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, says "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the world. These are the last recorded words of Jesus Christ pretty important to know right before he ascended into heaven these are the last words that he told his disciples i think it's pretty evident that it's something important if it's the last recorded words of jesus christ so here's jesus and he's ascending into heaven and before he leaves he tells his disciples this thing and so now we'll go to the book of acts chapter 1 verse 12 to 15 then they returned to jerusalem from the mount called olivet which is In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about a hundred and twenty. So here we are in Acts 1, right after Jesus ascended into heaven. He told them not to leave. He's like, don't leave Jerusalem. I need you to stay in Jerusalem and you're going to receive that promise of the Holy Spirit. I need you to wait for that promise of the Holy Spirit. Wait for that promise that I gave you of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know today we're celebrating Advent, but this promise was what we celebrate then Pentecost. That's, that's what the promise was. And then when the liturgy comes into the calendar and we'll celebrate Pentecost, we'll speak about Pentecost again. But this is what they were celebrating there, uh, Pentecost. But what I want us to notice here is really is that there were only 120 people were there in that upper room waiting for that promise. 120 people that were full of clarity, and were full of engagement. 120. Let's go back to that chart. There were 120 people that really had high clarity and really had high engagement. All right? 120. So Jesus was the sinless God-man. Sinless God-man. He fed thousands of people he was able to raise people from the dead. He was able to then appear to 500 people after his resurrection. At one time, he appeared to them. 500 people, he appeared to them after he rose from the dead. And even so, he fed a multitude of people. Remember, they were filling their bellies with the food that he gave them, the bread and the fish. A multitude of people. And then he gave this great commission And there were only 120 people who took this great commission. And even some who saw the risen Lord doubted him. And and let's read about that uh, that account that Paul tells us in the book of Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 15, 3 to 8. This is what Paul said. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. So he's recounting what he also received to this church in Corinth that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than how many? Five hundred brothers. So these five hundred plus people saw the risen Lord. Like they saw the risen Lord. Before he ascended into heaven, they saw him, right? He appeared to them. Most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one ultimately born, he appeared also to me. So here we are. Thousands heard Jesus Christ preach. Thousands filled their bellies with that food, that bread that he multiplied and the fish that he multiplied. He was able to do miracles in front of all these people. uh, Heal the lame, make the blind see, make the deaf see. He was able to do all these miracles in front of all these people. They had high clarity of who Jesus Christ was. All these people had high clarity. They knew who he was. They knew his mission. They knew the vision that he had. I mean, they followed him. They followed him. And yet, out of all those thousands that were able to see the vision and the mission, and they had clarity of that vision and that mission that Jesus Christ came to establish, there were only 120 that waited in that upper room. Only 120 were full of engagement. Only 120 were really praying and fasting, waiting for that promise of the Holy Spirit. And so although they had high clarity, they had very low engagement, these others that weren't there. And so what am I trying to explain with this? That passengers, yes, they understand the vision that the church has. They understand the mission that the church has. But they are not engaged in order to demonstrate, you know what, I am going to fill it. I'm, I believe this vision. I believe this mission. I I want you to understand that I know it. Jesus, I'm following you, Jesus. Whenever you're doing these miracles, I'm there, Jesus. Whenever you're making these miracles, Jesus, I'm there. They're benefiting from these miracles, and they're benefiting, benefiting from knowing who Jesus is, but they're never that engaged to the point of being a true disciple. They're never that engaged to the point of being a true leader. They're still low on their engagement. That's what a passenger is. I get I paid my I paid my ticket to get on here. Right? I'm not a stowaway. I didn't sneak into the boat. I paid my ticket to get in. And because I paid the ticket to get in, I want to know where the ship is going. Right? I didn't just pay for a ticket to a random ship that's gonna take me to Kukaramangara. If you don't know where that is, that's your mom. Right, right, like, like, I'm not paying for this ship just to go to Kukaramangara. Like, I'm paying for the ship because I know where it's going. So they have clarity. But they're still just passengers that are just taking the ride to where their destination is. And so there are people in the battleship. There's people at a church, at churches in general, that they know where the church wants to go. They understand the vision, they get the mission, and they have it, and they have, they know where their church is going, but they don't want to engage so much so that they won't be able to be called a leader, because they're afraid of that title. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'll be able to then be a leader, because, you know, then they're going to really give me responsibilities. Yes, you need to engage. You need to have high engagement. It's not enough that you know where we're going. It's not enough for you to know what the vision is. It's not enough for you to know what the mission is of the church. It's not enough if you're not engaging. I mean, think about it, my beloved. Jesus Christ died. He rose again. And he presented himself to over 500 brothers. They knew his mission. They knew the vision. He said he was going to rise on the third day oh my gosh, he really did. He really rose on the third day. I get it. What you've been preaching since you started preaching, you said that you were going to come and you're going to reconcile the world back to God, the Father, and you were going to be the gap that filled, you were going to fill that gap to reach God. You were going to, Come and you're going to set the captives free. You're going to heal the lame. You're going to heal the blind. You're going to make all these miracles. This is the mission that you had, Christ. We see it now. It came to fruition like you rose from the dead on the third day the way that you said you would. We see it. We are so clear of your vision and your mission. We see it. But yet we don't want to engage so much to be the 120 that are in that upper room praying and and giving and being able to be completely devoted to him in prayer and in scripture, devoted to that mission that he started. I don't know. I'm going to have to pray more like the 120. I'm going to have to fast like 120. I'm going to have to devote myself to the apostles' teachings. I'm going to have to devote myself to the church. I don't know. But I know the vision. But I know the mission. I I know where we're going, but I don't want to be the one that lead us there. I don't want to be the one that leads with everybody else toward that ending. I don't want to engage that much. Because if I do, it's going to cost something. It's going to cost me giving some stuff up. And I don't want to give some stuff up because I'm just a passenger. I'm just going where I paid to go. I don't want to put the work in to ride this ship and lead it with everybody else. I'm just going to sit in the background, see me, I'm not a stowaway, I want you to see me, I want you to see me, maybe I'll go to camp groups sometimes, You know, I want you to see me, you know, and I'll, I'll come to Sunday service, I want you to see me, All right, I'm here, I know the, the vision, I know the mission, I'm here, yeah, if we ask Stephanie to give a count of people that give money, I'm there, you see me, I give, I'm there, I'm there, you can see me but I don't really feel comfortable being in a leadership position so that I might engage more than I need to, right? But I go to cam group. I want you to see me. I want you to see that I know the mission. What are camp groups? Community, accountability, multiplication. See, I know. I know it. I know what it is. I know the vision. I know the mission. But maybe I don't want to be a camp group leader, you know, when we split up the camp groups and it gets a little bigger, I'm, I'm just going to stay here. I don't want to be a leader of another camp group. That's a passenger. That, that's what a passenger is. I'm coming here on Sundays, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm part of the camp, and I'm part of life groups, but I really don't want to be a leader because it's going to require me to give some stuff up that I don't quite want to right now. I'm just not there. It's like when you tell your kids, go clean your room, and they just shove everything under their bed. We cleaned it. Look, we cleaned it. They give just enough, just enough, right? But they don't want to be able to put the work in. They don't want to be able to put that work in because it's going to cost them time. It's going to cost them effort. It's going to cost them it's going to cost them maybe some, some time with their friends. They're not going to be able to do some things. It's going to cost them maybe some hard work. Because I just want to engage a little bit. But I want you to know, mom and dad, I clean my room, look. But what happens when we uncover the sheets? What happens when we uncover the bed or look under the bed or open up their closet? It's not really clean. And so that's what passengers are. See me. Pastor Javier, see me. Pastor Kenley, see me. Monica, see me, right? Like, right, see me. I'm right here. I know the vision. I know the mission. I know where we're going, but I really don't want to engage that much. And so out of all these people that Jesus Christ preached, to, I mean, my beloved, think about it. Thousands upon thousands. Whenever Jesus was, he, he lit the party up. That's who Jesus was. There were people there by the multitudes. I mean, there were people there always with him, always with him. And so we can have a church that is full. We can have a church that is full of people, but they're not engaged to that potential that they know they can be because they don't want to be able to be called out. They don't want to be the one twenty that puts in the effort to steer this battleship where it's going. And so our job as the pastors is to equip each and every one of you that if you find yourself in either of these, in either of these quadrants and you're like, you know what? I, 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 I know I'm here, but I want to be somewhere else. And so I'm just going to throw a wrench in the serve. Surf- Sermon right now, and I'm going to ask you guys, where do you think a true disciple maker of Jesus Christ is? Why? Because they have high clarity and high engagement. To get it, and so you might find yourself in any of these, right? You're like, okay, Hmm. all right, I want to go to be this. That's where I want to go. I want to be. So our job is to show you where you are in your walk with Christ that we might help you and equip you so that you might be that disciple maker that Christ has already called you to be. Help us help you. We're not pointing the fingers but like, man, you, I can't believe you, you're stuck there. No, no, no. Our job is to equip you so that you might be able to be a true disciple maker that is devoted completely to Christ Jesus that is able to give their life and everything to be a true disciple maker who has high clarity and who has high engagement to be able to steer this battleship to a war that was waging with the darkness to save these lives that are dying every single day without Christ Jesus. Be part of the 120 because it's easy to know it's easy to learn. We say, you know, book knowledge is fantastic. We, I, history and the church history, I love it. And the church fathers and the way that the church fathers preached and the way that the church fathers devoted themselves. I love it. That's beautiful. But if I have all this information, but I don't have any transformation, I'm nothing. It's just information that I have. But if what I learn isn't changing me and transforming me to be more engaged in this mission of God, it's just information. And so these disciples, they had all this information. They had all this knowledge of Christ Jesus and his ministry, but they weren't engaged. They weren't putting what they knew into practice. They weren't putting what they had gained in the mission of God, and the mission of Christ. They weren't putting it into practice. They were just passengers. And so our job, is to equip you to be a disciple maker, someone who makes disciples, someone that is able to pay the price of leadership. Because believe me, my beloved, and not to scare you, leadership costs something. Leadership is not just knowing. Leadership is going to cost you something, but it'll be so worth it. It'll be worth it. Thousands of people, low engagement. They didn't want to put the work in to be leaders. So, wherever you find yourself, tomorrow or next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching about pirates. Not going to be the easiest. I'm going to be preaching about pirates. We rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And we casted lots, and the lot fell on me. I will be preaching about pirates. So, if I come next Sunday and I give you a patch, it might be a subliminal message. Kidding. Kidding. Um, so, my beloved, this is where we're trying to lead the church. We're trying to lead the church here to understand where you find yourself because, you know, in order to be able to help yourself and to help and for us to be able to help you, you need to know where you are. You need to not be in denial. Right? We need to understand each other so that we might be able to help you in this walk with Christ. Amen? We love you, my beloved. We love you. We're excited where God is taking us. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Restore Church. We hope that you've enjoyed this message and it has blessed you greatly. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with sermons that are updated regularly. God bless you.